Entertainment's podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Whether you get paid daily, weekly or monthly, there's a preconceived idea of when and how you'll receive your payment. As technology advances, so do our expectations. So what does this mean for how organisations process their payments? Hello, I'm Rich Williams, host of the Payments Podcast, and today we're discussing how organisations keep up with the digital expectations we have about getting paid from more traditional methods and also looking into the future. Discussing this topic with me today is John Mahoney, who is the Head of Digital Enablement at Bottom Line. Hi, John. Hi there, Rich. So, John, welcome back. Uh, Let's start by looking at the way things used to be in the payments world, what mechanisms were employed and how they've evolved over time. Uh, for example, are organisations really still using cheques? Uh, yeah, they absolutely do. Um, so a lot of businesses carry on using cheques for uh, a number of reasons. Uh, probably the most uh, notable is that of issuing refunds. So sending payments to someone when you don't already have their bank account details on file. So if, for example, you're an insurance company uh, and you have taken a one-off payment at the start of uh, the contract, uh, maybe you took that via a debit card or some other payment mechanism. Um, halfway through the contract, for whatever reason, you need to make an outbound payment. Um, a lot of insurance companies still use checks to send money out that way. Um, now, in the consumer space, uh, we really do see checks rapidly tailing off. And actually, there was uh, a big press story a few years back of taking them out of circulation altogether. Um, I think it's it, it's something actually that would just happen naturally. Um, and as I'm sure we'll discuss today, uh, businesses have now got far better options for, for making those kind of uh, one-off payments when they don't have bank details available. Okay. Uh, as you said, we'll explore that in a bit more detail later on, I'm sure. Um, there is still relevance for checks. Um, but you said there are better options available. So how do these more traditional uh, methods of getting money out to people, uh, individuals or businesses, compare to what we see available to us today? Um, so going back to what um, what we were just saying, it really comes down to the reason for checks persisting. So as I mentioned, the most common uh, reason is not having information available to you. So whether that's data um, on your customers as a whole, or whether that's just account number and sort code, and and those are the pieces of information that you need to fill in. Um, What we are seeing businesses really adopt now is a digital approach to that. What I mean by that is having uh, the customer either go to a landing page or a website to um, request the way in which they want to have the money sent back to them. Thinking of consumer examples of this, uh, if you ever are lucky enough to have a tax rebate, um, you'll be able to put in your uh, your uh, bank details in there and actually tell HMRC where to send the money, as opposed to uh, just having a check posted out uh, to you. Um, and if you're like me and you don't really visit the bank physically anymore, they really are a pain to uh, to physically pay in at the very least. So there's an element here then of, uh, of giving some choice to the recipient um, and there's probably some um, extra detail provided through the, the more rich data available through these other options of receiving the payment. Uh, a lot of that's considered very much the norm now, John. So what other differences are we beginning to see in how funds are received? 
Um, so there are new uh, technological advances in the industry in terms of how money can move. So um, to date, uh, as an individual to get paid, really the only way of doing that was to have, as I say, a check. Uh, sometimes you would be, uh, you know, uh, sending a mobile payment. So we've seen systems such as MPay and Pingit from the banks really tried to take a hold and actually we're now seeing more advances in that space so we're actually going to see mobile payments i think really taking off big reason for that um, is the advance of challenger banks so if we think of the likes of monzo starling bank etc um, if um, if i were to walk out of our studio and go and speak to uh, any of the other members and particularly the younger members of the team uh, within our organization Every one of them has either a Monzo card, a Starling card. Very few really have the old nine banks. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, that experience is far more in touch with the way in which they uh, absorb and consume other apps on their phone. Um, the the sign-up experience for these systems is far more intuitive. It's far more straightforward. Um, so signing up and sending your mate a payment for a dinner that you had last night is just a more, uh, a more intuitive experience when it's just a form that you're filling in. That ties back to that expectation for your customers to be able to ask for how they want to be paid again in a situation such as a refund or some other some other example such as that so john do you think that the demographic so millennials versus gen z gen y for example uh, has an effect on what the experience expectations are likely to be yeah absolutely um and, and again just even using our own organization as a as a um as a sample for that um the mindset completely changes and, and millennial was a real kind of uh, fluid um, term because it can mean a whole bunch of dates so I tend to apply the if you're born 1985 onwards uh, branch of thinking um, those millennial that millennial group has really now moved into a position of authority and a position of spending power so consumer spending power yes but also in a b2b space those uh, people are actually the people that now if not making the end decision on a purchasing purchasing decision they're very much influencing the the uh, the decisions that, that are made john that leads really nicely on to the next question so um, if the influence of the mechanism of fulfilling payment is coming from the recipient, what can organizations do to ensure they're actually meeting the needs of their customers? So first and foremost, um, if you're thinking about your recipients or if you're thinking about your your kind of your end user, as it were, um, note that their needs are ever changing and they are ever evolving in particular if you're dealing with anyone who has kind of got that as i say 1985 onwards mindset um that millennial which seems like it's such a young uh, demographic actually is not so much anymore um being able to adapt quickly and being able to change experiences update experiences so if we think about web experiences um Things that allow you as an administrator to quickly adapt, brand, change uh, the experience, um, add additional functionality at the click of a button, switch things off, tailor things around, etc. Uh, where we've really moved away from um, as organizations as a whole is the old you know, start a project, build it out for months and months and months, and then deploy it and hope that it's right. Um, because 
invariably it's not right it needs tweaking it needs changing um, that's going to end up being extremely costly for most organizations so we hear the term cloud-based and, and i almost feel like it's kind of gone without saying now but but solutions that are um, hosted by software organizations or by big tech companies, they really are the way to go as much as possible. And there's a whole host of different kind of hybrid approaches that organizations can take, but that, that's the way that you'll really uh, deliver great customer experiences. So aside from uh, having a strategy which allows you to be agile, make quick decisions and be reactive to what your, uh, your end users or your customers are actually demanding, how else does being in the cloud make the communication with your customers uh, easier, uh, thereby enhancing their experience? Um, so what it really allows us to move to as organizations is a far more real-time and, uh, I hate to say it, but data-driven uh, approach to customer, uh, customer experience, customer delight. Um, what I mean by data-driven is that um, historically, data formed into lots of different pools within your organization. So if you had a whole bunch of different deployed uh, solutions, it was up to perhaps the people who were taking a telephone call to log everything. It was up to uh, people who happened to have a conversation while out on the road to come back, remember the conversation, and, and log that back in. Moving to a far more... Um, uh, self-service and digital approach to dealing with customers means that all of that information is coming into a single or central uh, uh, system. You're able to have the customer, in their own words, describe what they're after. So whether that's uh, transcribing uh, solutions for kind of meeting systems that you're using, whether that's uh, feedback mechanisms within the the products that you offer, um, and whether that's uh, you know uh, disputes that come back on outbound documents that you've sent. So you've sent an invoice out, and you want to see some of the discussion that comes back on that. Having uh, hosted systems that can really funnel all that data into one place and allow you to make decisions based on that uh, really gives uh, an opportunity for a competitive advantage as an organization. And what are some of the other, I suppose, more tangible benefits to organizations by um, purposefully giving their end users a better customer experience when getting paid or being paid? I mean, the ultimate aim of the whole experience is to leave the customer thinking that you are the right choice, right? That perceived customer value is what you want to have uh, running all the way through. So if I go back to the insurance company example, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of the time, you know, ABC Insurance uh, might sit there and assume that actually the customer satisfaction and the customer value comes at the point of sale. So that first experience, maybe their website, maybe their, um, you know, how they train their sales staff, etc. But remember that actually it's it's usually when the customer is going through the hardest point i.e they need a payout from that insurance company that's when really an insurance company as an example is under strain so it's those kind of um those scenarios where having a really ahead of the game experience uh, allows you to stand out as you know best in class uh, and really does lead to better word of mouth recommendation and better chance of repeat purchase from those same uh, users. Uh, well, certainly in my experience, uh, a seamless user interface at checkout does help me spend my money uh, more, more willingly. My bank can vouch for that. Um, 
John, thanks again for joining us today. Uh, Very uh, insightful to understand some of the options that are available to a modern business when it comes to paying uh, as an end user as well to see how an enhanced user experience can influence their behaviour. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. We'll be back with some more podcasts very soon. And in the meantime, you can listen to more episodes on all things payments at the touch of a button using your preferred provider. And we'll see you all next time. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.